Welcome to the Panic Attack Recovery Podcast, an ongoing source of practical strategies and tips for anxiety and ADHD. We're a collaboration of former sufferers helping those currently struggling with anxiety, panic attacks, and ADHD so they can express their true competencies in life. Now, here is Matthew, your host. Hi there, it's Matthew from PanicAttackRecovery.com. This is part two of our episode, The Power of Collective Benefits for Anxiety and ADHD. In our last podcast episode, we discussed how if everything you do maybe just works a little bit, this translates into a really big benefit. What we were talking about is techniques and strategies for anxiety and ADHD that can help you. And by using them on a regular basis, in the aggregate, in the collective sense, they can do a great deal for you. We shared a number of strategies with you in the last episode, and we are going to share some more today. But first, remember some points from the last episode, such as, not everything works all the time. Not everything is noticeable all the time. Many small effects add up over time. Sometimes the effects are more noticeable, sometimes less, depending on the strategy and the technique but it doesn't mean they're not effective. The bottom line is taken together, many small effects equal a large effect for your recovery from stress, anxiety, and ADHD. As mentioned, we discussed a number of techniques in the last episode that you could put to use, and those techniques have been shared throughout our various podcast episodes, videos, and newsletter. Today, we want to share some more. Okay, let's get started with the first one. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT. CBT allows you to examine your own thoughts to locate cognitive distortions when you are feeling anxious or depressed or upset. This is a huge benefit for people because by reviewing their thoughts, people can usually uncover the distortions without too much effort. Once the distortions have been pinpointed, a new thought or series of thoughts can then be substituted in their place. We provide a ton of resources on CBT on our website and various material. CBT was something that was very helpful for me in changing my perspective, my view, and my thinking about life, which really allowed me to move towards recovery as opposed to being stuck and not changing my behaviors and thoughts. But cognitive behavioral therapy, really two things combined, both behavioral strategies and cognitive, the thinking. To me, they're linked. You change your thoughts and you can change your behaviors for the better. You change your behaviors and you can change your thoughts for the better. So I think it's a wonderful combination, CBT, and I think that's why it was effective for me and and for so many people. Next up is eating a good diet. A good diet, really, that we stress at panicattackrecovery.com, generally can be thought of in two simple ways. One, eating foods that are lower in carbohydrates than the typical Western diet is. And when I mean lower in carbohydrates, I'm talking particularly lower in carbohydrates with a high glycemic load. The second component is eating foods that are lower in sugar. I'll explain glycemic load quickly in a moment, but first the effects of carbohydrates. You see, a carbohydrate-rich meal with a high glycemic load will produce a greater spike in energy because of a more dramatic blood sugar response. However, this spike is followed by a more dramatic drop in blood sugar, referred to as a crash. 
This crash makes you feel lethargic and hungrier. Obviously, such a crash is not desired. Now, glycemic index and glycemic load. Glycemic index is really how quickly something raises your blood sugar. So glycemic load takes into account both a carbohydrate's glycemic index as well as how many carbohydrates are contained in a typical portion. This is a better predictor of how high your blood sugar is raised because it is more geared towards how many carbohydrates you are likely to eat in a portion. For example, carrots actually are fairly high in the glycemic index scale, but they are low in glycemic load because of the portions that one would typically consume. You wouldn't gorge yourself on carrots, but you may have a few carrots. Same for strawberries, for example. Strawberries are not that high in sugar individually. They have about a gram of sugar per strawberry. A handful of strawberries, and plus strawberries have fiber, isn't going to hurt you. So spending some time learning about the glycemic response of various foods and the glycemic load can be really helpful. And we have done an article slash podcast slash video on this topic, and I'd encourage you to check it out. Next, getting enough sleep. The Division of Sleep Medicine at Harvard Medical School says in its article Sleep and Mood, studies have shown that even partial sleep deprivation has a significant effect on mood. Anxiety increases agitation and arousal, which in turn makes it hard to sleep. Stress also affects sleep by making the body aroused, awake, and alert. People who are under constant stress or who have abnormally exaggerated responses to stress tend to have sleep problems. You see, a lack of sleep can elevate the body's production of stress hormones affecting mood, creating or worsening depression or other problems with mood, and boosting blood levels of substances that are responsible for increasing inflammation in the body. There is also research showing subjects who lacked sleep ended up eating more. You see, sleep deprivation can affect hormones which regulate appetite control. However, addressing sleep problems makes a difference. Even if you do not have underlying sleep problems per se, taking steps to ensure adequate sleep can lead to improved mood and well-being. The next topic I would like to discuss is music for relaxation, motivation, or focus. A team led by Professor Daniel J. Levitin of McGill University's Psychology Department has been able to show that playing and listening to music has clear benefits for both mental and physical health. Professor Levitin indicates, quote, but even more importantly, we were able to document the neurochemical mechanisms by which music has an effect in four domains, management of mood, stress, immunity, and as an aid to social bonding, end quote. This work consisted of a review of 400 papers on the subject of the neurochemistry of music. Some key findings with regard to the benefits of music were the following improving the body's immune system function, reducing levels of stress, and found to be more effective than prescription drugs in reducing anxiety prior to surgery, which really says something because often many people are understandably quite anxious prior to surgery. There is even one modality of wellness called music therapy. For more information, we have done an article slash podcast slash video on this topic. As we said in the last podcast episode, you do not have to spend a lot of time on any individual technique each day. You can do a little bit on each one, or you don't even have to do each thing every day. It's up to you. The key, though, is establishing a schedule of regularly doing these things that works for you. If you knew, and maybe you do know, 
the synergistic benefit, I think you'd find a little bit of time that you need to do these things. As I've said before, I believe that the best approach for recovery is a holistic approach that allows you to better address the necessary aspects of your recovery in a comprehensive manner. But there are many other techniques and strategies that we discuss in our free newsletter, which provides an overall approach to anxiety, stress, panic attacks, and ADHD. Please visit our website and subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you for listening to the Panic Attack Recovery Podcast. Make sure that you have subscribed to our podcast and please comment and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All show notes and links are accessible from our website. Please visit our site and subscribe to our free newsletter at panicattackrecovery.com. All information has been provided for educational purposes. Please consult a healthcare professional about any disorder or condition and the applicability of any information provided in this podcast.